Welcome to the Public Safety Hour on WTMJ Now. It's time to take a look at the issues facing public safety officials in Wisconsin and across the country. Joining Steve Scafidi, here's your expert, Annie Schwartz. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday's Public Safety Hour. Yes, Annie Schwartz in studio. Good morning, Annie. Your expert. I can't get used to that. That's kind of cute because oh, I always make. We can change it if you want. No, no, I like it. Expertress. I don't know. I I always remember the the joke about the definition of an expert is anybody from more than a hundred miles from home with a briefcase or a PowerPoint. So, but uh, higher, but I'll take it. We have higher standards than that. Absolutely. So we I'll had take an it. interesting hour today. Uh, joining us at nine thirty is the former police chief of Milwaukee. Al Morales, who is now the Fitchburg police chief, and he, and he's got an interesting story to tell, and one that you and I have talked about before, and it has to do with uh, some people's idea that we should defund the police. Well, sure, and you know we thought that issue was dead, but you're going to find out that in you know fabulous Fitchburg, Wisconsin, it is not dead. And he's what what's happening is Chief Morales is trying to trying to keep trying to keep this from happening. You know, we all remember the the uh, Cop City uh, uh, protests in Atlanta mm-hmm. when they were building For a train. For folks who don't know, when we say Cop City, I've, I've, I've watched a lot of, about this story, uh, very controversial in Atlanta. How would you describe what that project is? Sure. Well, in, in a nutshell, the Cop City project in Atlanta was when the Atlanta Police Department, or the city of Atlanta, rather, uh, decided they were going to build a training facility on uh, on some land in uh, in Atlanta. And... Uh, it, it was at the, you know, uh, one of the many awful things that came out of the George Floyd case was, of course, this idea that the police have too much power. We should not give them more money to train. And actually what the lessons of George Floyd were, were they need more resources to train with. But I think people don't always understand what is available to the officers. And while you heard about in Atlanta, they had they even had a, a protester who was shot and killed by an officer mm-hmm. uh, because they became violently opposed. There is a small group of people who are opposed to a new police station for the city of Fitchburg. But it's an interesting discussion. I think Chief Morales is going to is going to surprise us a little bit with. What conditions some police departments are actually operating under in their facilities? As a journalist covering the the police beat, I covered a ton of stories where police departments were just begging for new facilities. I remember the uh, village of Pewaukee when uh, Ed Bauman was chief there, and you know he they they were begging for a new police department. In fact, I went through with him. And we walked and he showed me all the piles of, you know, papers and, you know, how evidence storage, you know, was was being taken care of or not taken care of. Right. So I think it's a you know, this is going to be a I'm looking forward to the discussion because, you know, Chief Morales had served in Milwaukee and then from Milwaukee went to Fitchburg, obviously a, a smaller community. But this is a huge project and it's a huge thing to walk into a department as the police chief. And have someone say, hey, we think that somewhere in the, you know, $40 million range is a new police chain, a, a new a new police uh, training facility that we need, a new police department that would include a training facility. Having been in charge of a city that both built a new police station and a new city hall, actually, and a new library as well. I mean, mm-hmm. these are these are very controversial decisions, not necessarily in, in our case for the, the idea of a police station, but for the amount of money that has to be devoted to those projects. And that's, you know, and what people see it as is they don't see it as an investment in their safety. They see it as a an opportunity cost. Well, 
if we're doing this, there must be something else we're not paying for. In Fitchburg, they've built a library mm-hmm. and three fire stations. Oh, I'm not saying those things aren't important, but you're going to hear Chief Morales talk about exactly what the conditions are like there and why this is so important for the for the city. She is Annie Schwartz. We've got some local stories to cover before we get to uh, Chief Al Morales. That'll be about 9.30. Annie Schwartz and yours truly, the Public Safety Hour, right here on WTMJ. This girl is on fire. Well, not literally. This not literally. Figuratively, she's on fire. Although we're... This, this sort of relates to a story related to the Milwaukee firefighters and a and an older um, Supreme Court decision last year, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. That yes. awarded these firefighters from the city employees' retirement system some some sort of recalculated benefits. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then a local law is it local law firm, right? It's a local law firm, McGillis mm-hmm. Weimer. They put their hands on it and said, you know what, we're going to take some of the the money from this suit as compensation. I wanted to point out, though, you and I were talking about this during the break. They were already paid by the union, correct? Previously. I've been told that that is true. Uh, what I think is, is important, though, is, you know, when people hear about, about these kinds of stories, it, it's important for them to know that the, the, when, 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 in this particular case, when this firm is asking for, um, money that is owed to disabled police officers. This doesn't come out of a mystery fund somewhere. This doesn't come out of the city coffers. This comes directly out of the pockets. Yeah, we're talking about one third cut of two million, basically seven hundred thousand dollars of compensation. They feel the firm of McGillis Weimer feels they're entitled to as a result of this this payment retroactive payments to Milwaukee firefighters. It's a head scratcher, Steve. It really is. You it's know, a bad we, look. It it just is, and you know, I. I, let's talk about it in terms of, of real people, which is really how we, we tell stories, right? Graham Kunish, a police officer who many people remember, was shot in the face and the head uh, on the south side in uh, 2000 and, uh, oh gosh, how did I just forget the, the year? I think it was about 2010. Um, and he had to retire as a police officer, lost an eye, serious damage to his frontal lobe, and... He is owed as when the benefits, his duty disability retirement benefits were recalculated. He is now owed in the neighborhood of thirty thousand dollars. And what's happening is you have a law firm who's come along and said, we want, you know, ten thousand of that. We want a third of that. So it's to me, it's this is tough because I understand completely that that, you know, law firms should get paid when they when they do work for clients. But. They, these were not even clients of this law firm. And there's, there's been a lot of, of very interesting comments and a lot of really informative comments. I would invite people to, you know, to look at some of that, uh, from Andy Wagner, the president of the Milwaukee Police Association. And he has talked very fully about, uh, about how he feels he was about on our this. Airwaves, I, I believe, uh, Monday of this week or maybe it was last Friday, but I saw him in the building. Um, McGillis Weimer is demanding a third of the back benefits, right? Correct. Paid to the retired cops, uh, even the, and as you said, they were not a party to this case. That's the tricky part, right? So they weren't directly working on the case, but yet they're they feel they're entitled to that seven hundred thousand dollars because of the work that they They've did on the, on the first one. Right. And you know, I've been trying to think of an analogy for it, but I really can't. Uh, but I, I here's a sports analogy. Ooh. You played in a team that went to the Super Bowl, but you were traded mid season. You played in the first half of the season. You feel like you should get a Super Bowl ring. 
Oh, now, I, now sometimes see, that happens. There's a, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's up to the team. Mm-hmm. So who makes the call on this? Who's going to make the final call? Judge Brittany Grayson. So this is now in uh, in court in Milwaukee County. Judge Brittany Grayson heard um, uh, arguments on this on Monday of this week. And now she has said that she is going to issue a written response uh, within 60 days. So within 60 days, we'll hear what uh, what she has to say and, and what she has decided. I'm on the side of the uh, them not getting paid. They already paid once. I, I understand that settlements are part of what uh, law firms use to capitalize their law firms and as part of their compensation. But this one's a little tricky, especially what we're talking about here with uh, firefighters and, and police officers. That's a, that's a little different, and I, I'm on the, the side of the, the public safety professionals. That's me. And I'm almost always on that side as well, uh, and I certainly am in, in this case. Andy Schwartz, take another break here. A dress code, a, a policy <laughs> that is sort of interesting. I have some thoughts, I know Andy does, on are we going back to some standards for how police officers, is it firefighters too or just police officers? I think that, the, you know what, if someone is in our, our audience who's a firefighter and can tell me, I think that firefighters are not allowed to have, like, full beards because right. they have to be able to get yeah. that SCBU around right. their, their faces. Right that. Yeah, so that may already be the case. But for police officers, uh, those <laughs> men and women, there may be some changes that may or may not be popular. We'll talk about that with Andy Schwartz, our public safety expert, after this. Wednesdays at 9, mean Annie Schwartz at 9, now 926 on WTMD. Thanks for tuning in. How are you finding us over the air? Online podcast. I do three podcasts a week now. Two, Decision Wisconsin on politics. And the one I sort of really love is Scafidiology, named after me, which is me talking about everything else other than politics. Shocked, simply shocked <laughs> to find out that it is called Scafidiology. Yeah. It's, <laughs> isn't it a clever name? Pardon me? Uh, isn't it a clever name? Oh, I, I, I don't know how in the world you came up with it. Yeah. Well, I just took ology and put it on my name. Well, I figured you were staring in the mirror when you did it. So <laughs> I, I don't spend a lot of time staring in the mirror. You know me better than that. <laughs> All right. Speaking of that, sometimes when public safety professionals stare in the mirror, they see tattoos and beards and facial hair and long hair. Well, maybe not in the future, Annie Schwartz. Well, you know, NYPD, the New York City Police Department, largest, is it the largest police department in the country? I think so. I think, so. So. I think LA is like number two. Yeah, they're probably pretty close. But, uh, you know, they are usually on the cutting edge of whatever is happening in law enforcement. They were the ones that started the stop and frisk and then stop and frisk, you know, moved through the country, through police departments across the country. Well, NYPD has their hands full these days, as we've seen. Uh, I mean, we've seen it all. You watch the news at night and you are seeing what's happening on the streets of a lot of our our major cities well the nypd has said uh we're gonna we're gonna go back to old school when it comes to facial hair and officer uniforms and you know they're going to soon they they're just they've decided that uh their beards and open collars are going to be prohibited soon and the uh, department's going to go back to weather restrictions on knit caps Mm. and he says we're going back old school and I think that he's, they're trying to go back to a, a tradition that, you know, was always identified with the police. I, I think, you know, I remember when, uh, when Ed Flynn was chief here and he introduced baseball hats for the officers. And then he introduced, he had, he even made sure that the female officers could put their ponytails, right. you know, or the, a bun in the back of the, there was a hole in the back of the cap for the, for the ponytail. And I had no idea how much changing that would be a morale booster for that department. But they loved 
They love that baseball hat. Now you see them everywhere. But in NYPD, I think they're really struggling to figure out how do we get back to basics in this department so that we can we can do something about uh, is there a connection between how groomed your officers are and their ability to prevent violent crime? So I have a, both a personal take on it. I like it. But I also understand the realities of, of public safety now. And I, I talk to more chiefs than I do just the men and women who, who patrol and do all the other hard work, heavy work, heavy lifting every day. I would imagine this wouldn't be popular, let's say, here. Because I can remember a time when you couldn't display your tattoos. They had to be covered. Exactly. I can remember a time when you couldn't have facial hair for public safety professionals. I think that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. And whatever New York's doing, well, that's New York. I don't see that catching on in other departments across the country. As I said, NYPD has often led uh, other departments in the in the country on things that they do and procedures that they have. This one, you know, is uh, they are they're they're understaffed. I, this is a quote from their from their union, which I think the PBA, the Police Benevolent Association, right. which makes a lot of sense. He says NYPD is understaffed by thousands of police officers. He said we have hundreds of people leaving every month. He said, really, we got we don't have bigger issues to tackle. And he said, you know, is this really the time to focus on beards and neckties? And I get that argument. Mm -hmm. But I think what's happening is there is a real struggle, at least in that department, to figure out what are we going to what are we going to do? You know, there is uh, there are there are different looks uh, that police officers have. Some of them are cultural. Uh, Some of them are religious. Uh, Sikh officers are allowed to wear the 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 head covering. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are uh, there are officers that that feel strongly or maybe uh, uh, just don't understand how that's a part of the job that they can't have a, a fuller beard. So to me, you know, I I. NYPD is going to do whatever they can do to right the ship. And I, I sure get that. It is led now by a group of really traditional officers, kind of in the style of Bill Bratton from Once Upon a Time. Yeah. I, I would just say this, uh, not coming to a police department in the state of Wisconsin anytime soon. These I changes. Don't think so. I haven't heard that. I don't want to, this should not be interpreted as a call to maybe action. We'll, maybe we'll ask Chief Morales what his take is on that. That'd be kind of fun. There you go. All right. He joins us after the break. Chief Morales from the Fitchburg Police Department. You may know him as the former chief of the Milwaukee Police Department. All of that's an Annie Schwartz. That's worth the price of admission just on its own. That's all next. I love this song. I'm going to let it play for a little bit. No, I'm not. We have a great guest. Former chief of the Milwaukee Police Department and now the chief police chief in Fitchburg, Wisconsin. Chief Al Morales joins us in the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Good morning, Chief. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. Andy Schwartz alongside. Good morning, Chief. I'm so happy you joined us today to talk about this. Hello, Annie. Uh, thank you both for having us here. We're, right. We appreciate it. So Annie kind of filled me in on some of this. I was not aware of this, but uh, I'll put it this way. I'm going to kind of let you go on this. Just when we thought, Annie and I thought that the fun the police movement is sort of over, well, apparently it's still alive in uh, the place where you reside and serve, Fitchburg. Yeah, I, I would say that's correct. There's still groups in Dane County and within Madison or outside of the city of Fitchburg that still believe on taking money from uh, service, public services like uh, law enforcement and placing them more on social services or services out of the realm of uh city government. Uh, There's still that push, and when you have projects like the ones that we have going on here at Fitchburg, they tend to uh, come out and uh, voice their opinions. 
Chief, the, the idea of having a new police, a, a police station, a new police building, uh, a lot of times I think there's a misunderstanding in the public, which Steve and I were talking earlier, done lots of stories as a journalist about uh, police chiefs having these battle royales with their city councils over trying to get a new police building. Can you can you tell us a little bit about what it was like when you just walked into Fitchburg and you saw what kind of a, you know, what was what you were looking at and how you came to the the you know the the process of saying we gotta we gotta change this up. Yes, well, I first have to start off by uh, explaining what Fitchburg looks like. It's a city of thirty four square miles, just south of the city of Madison. This is a beautiful place. Uh, you, it's got a lot of things to offer. Um, it's an area where I tell you, really, it's a place where you can live, work, and raise a family. Uh, you, uh, the the incomes are well. Um, I mean, it's very vibrant. Uh, all day long, you'll see a lot of traffic. You'll see people uh, exercising, whether on a bicycle or walking or walking their pets. Um, really safe, crime-wise. I mean, unbelievably safe to what we're used to over on the east side of the state. Uh, but uh, it's fastly growing. And uh, when I came into uh, uh, Fitchburg, uh, the Fitchburg Police Department, I realized that... Uh, you know, it started off as a small farming uh, community, and it has grown to a city uh, that's growing. Currently, or 2023, we were the fastest-growing city in the state of Wisconsin, just under 10% wow. growth. That's about 725 residents a year. So we're growing at a pace where we're currently at 34,000, and we'll be at 40 within the next five to seven years. So what does that mean when it comes to – when you're talking police – we know that there's yeah. a huge recruiting and retention problem, uh, but we also know we, we are, you know, we need to have more training for our officers. What kind of facility are you looking at that you have now? And what are you, what are you looking to build? Well, you're hitting right on the money. We're, we, I came to a city where realistically there is no police station. We're in the basement of City Hall. Now, when they built City Hall back in 1999, uh, they did build it with the intention of having the police in the lower levels, uh, but they really didn't take into consideration what it takes to build a police station. So uh, City of Fishburg Police Department has yet in their history to have a police station, a police facility that's purpose-built for the police department. And, and there's a lot of pieces that go into building a police station that is not like any other general building uh, uh, and many times when you talk with people about building a facility, they look at it as office space. And a police station is not office space. So when I came to Fitchburg, uh, you, you indicated right away after 2020, there was a large group of, uh, uh, of uh, tenured police officers and rank and file that left. They retired or they quit, resigned. And now we have a young department uh, in that's anywhere in the state or the country Law enforcement has, is very young, and um, we, we need to rebuild that piece. And the other challenge in Fitchburg is a police station, the first in their history. And that's what I'm trying to do is get them a station that's going to help us transition into this new era and, and really help the department grow to give the, the community here what they deserve. And what people don't know or probably, probably haven't read is that you, the city has built a new library, Right. They've built, I think, three yeah. new fire stations. And yet you're still sitting in the basement. What did you say? 19 in the 1990s in a basement of City Hall. That, that doesn't seem equitable 
well, especially given the significance and importance of public service from public safety perspective. Equitable or safe. Right. I mean, did, right. Chief, weren't you, we were, when we were speaking about this issue, you were talking about some of the conditions uh, at the department, the things like no Sally port. Can you tell us a little bit about the things that you don't have there? I mean, that's got to be, I, I, I was, I was shocked. Yes. As law enforcement leaders, we always look at our, our police uh, departments to be accredited. And when I came to Fitchburg, uh, the prior uh, leadership did a great job at pushing our accreditation with the staff. So we're do, the, the, the officers here do great work, and, and we do have our policies and our checks and measures for that, but the facility alone will fail us. And it would fail us because of, without pointing the finger, who knows what the thought processes were in 99 when this uh, city hall was built. So I don't want to point the finger, but um, we, we, I'll give you a perfect example. When we're packaging um, drugs such as marijuana, uh, it's, it fills the air in the entire city hall. So you could be up at council chambers, you could smell the uh the through the HVAC system, you could smell the marijuana coming from the basement. <laughs> not necessarily and, good luck for the police department. <laughs> No, not necessarily. Uh, many people don't know where the Fishburg Police Department is. That's a problem. There's only too. one sign outside, and it's uh, again we're in the in the lower levels. So I, I call it the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, our ev- our evidence is a basement, so we struggle with moisture. Uh, if you can know what damp basements are, and that's also where our closet is for our ammunition. So those things need to be kept in dry, temperature controlled uh, environments, which we don't have. Um, this building was, or the police uh, area that we had, was built more like office space than a police facility. Uh, and I could just tell you the world that I came from. Uh, if you built a police station, it has its garage where you can park squad cars, uh, where you can, uh, and there's a reason for that, and uh, where you can unload safely a prisoner or load a prisoner safely. Uh, where uh, you can package narcotics, where you have your executive or command staff that can actually have meetings without being interrupted or without having staff immediately outside your door, Uh, especially if there's sensitive uh, topics such as internal investigations, where you have your patrol area where they can conduct their business, their briefings, their roll calls, and, uh, you know, not be interrupted by the other moving parts within the, the station. Those are purpose-filled facilities to include the, 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 the holding area, the, the temporary holding facility, which are these temporary jails where you book and process people and interview them before they go to the county jail. Uh, that is a purpose-built uh, facility, and if you built it right, that building will last several years, uh, like they have in Milwaukee, and many times what you invest in is more in upgrades than you do in tearing down the building and putting up another one. He is Chief Al Morales, City of Fitchburg, also formerly from the City of Milwaukee, the police department here. We'll take a break. We'll continue the conversation with Chief Morales after this on WTMJ Now. Public Safety Hour here at WTMJ Now. Andy Schwartz in studio and on the phone. Tri-County Contracting Hotline is the former police chief of Milwaukee, now the Head guy at the Fitchburg Police Department, Al Morales. So, Chief Morales, I want to ask you, a lot of people say, well, it's what they have, they have to deal with it. But it's not as simple as that. You're paying for other facilities, other places to do your jobs. That's coming out of the budget, and that's something that's not sustainable over over time. That's why some of these decisions are really important. I know you have a, a vote next Tuesday, I believe, on a new police station. This stuff matters. 
Yes, it does. It matters. Uh, we have a staff uh, currently that uh, is has under three years of experience. So when we talk about training, we're we're really uh, uh, utilizing only the minimum uh, requirements or just above the minimum requirements because of venue. Uh, currently, we use or we rent out space at uh, the City of Madison's uh, Training Academy or Dane County Sheriff's uh, Training Facility. Uh, now, as we all know, there is a large turnover in law enforcement and we're still suffering uh, the impact of 2020. Uh, so you're going to have more training academy classes going on and you're going to be retraining or training young officers in uh, on just general concepts within law enforcement on a regular basis. So we, we are currently six months behind minimum to get space over in Madison. Uh, ranges, of, uh, firearms ranges are hard to come by. Uh, we're spending over $12,000 a year just to rent out facilities, whether it's for firearms or just classroom uh, or, uh, or scenario rooms. Um, being that we're, we're coming up on uh, just basically one of the biggest cities in Dane County at behind Madison, uh, we need to have some place where we can train and also allow for other people within the region, Dane County, to use that facility if we're really going to promote uh, competent and qualified law enforcement for the community. You had to kind of go around Fitchburg and you had to do a bit of a road show, didn't you, Chief? You had to kind of go around and tell people this is why that's important. Um, and I, I'm just wondering what were the what were the most common questions or common concerns people had about the about a, a new police building, or did you mostly hear, "Thank God, Chief, we're behind you. We get this done." I can tell you that uh, we started doing community meetings January of 2023. Um, some meetings we went in every uh, neighborhood we could within the city of Fitchburg. I am um, very happy to be well received here within the community. Uh, the support is there. Um, what uh, has been shocking when we tell them what we're staffed with for a city the size of uh, 34 square miles and uh, the community here knowing how fast it's growing. And Fitchburg, the north end of Fitchburg, uh, is fastly growing with multi-unit apartment uh, complexes and uh, uh, condo, uh, big areas with condo associations. Uh, it's coming dense on the north end. So when we sh- explained the type of staffing that they have for this city, they're shocked to hear the numbers. And when they, well, we've walked through uh, the police station, our current station, our area, that uh, we walked them through, they're shocked to see what we have to work with. So we've been educating the community, and they have uh, responded pretty well in support of it. What I'm noticing, uh, the majority of the people that are against it are not really from the the city of Fitchburg. No kidding. Shocking. That's yeah. sarcasm. Chief. Yeah. And I, I think that's where some of this cop city nonsense comes that, that you're seeing, you know, scattered around your community. Um, a couple of things. One, I want you to say hi next time you see him to your fire chief out there. Cause I used to work with him in Oak Creek, Joe Pulvermacher. And got to ask you about what you miss about Milwaukee. You were here for a long time. What do you miss? I'll start off with what I don't miss. I don't miss uh, <laughs> politics. Okay. Yeah. I, I hear you. And, and, and the crime, but I, I really miss the people. I grew up there, um, and I miss the people. I mean, there's so many stories of people. I mean, the Calderon Club, the the Fazari family, uh, you have the um, 
Soberman family, Dave. These are people that my family went to school with. Uh, you, and then you have the, the nice eateries on the south side, like uh, Casa de Alberto, uh, the Sandoval family. These are people that grew up. Uh, they didn't come up with money. They made. They created some very good businesses. I grew up with them, and those are the people I miss. Uh, and and seeing you know the struggles and the challenges that they have to they have gone through uh, with uh, how uh, Milwaukee has changed. So I miss them. I miss obviously the the personnel that I work with in Milwaukee for uh, you know twenty twenty seven years. Uh, those people I do miss, and I and you know it, it's hard uh, to forget about that. Professionally speaking, what did you take with you from your experience in Milwaukee to Fitchburg? Uh, what I brought here is uh, the, the, uh, how I was brought up over there is the team concept. There's a great staff here. Um, what, what's nice when you, come, when you leave uh, a city like Milwaukee, you uh, see a, a, a departments like Fitchburg that uh, really have the time to think things through, uh, you know, work them through, and, and, and come up with some nice plans. Uh, when you're working so fast and there's, uh, you know, kind of like a trauma center in the hospital, at any moment there, there, you got to triage something. Here, uh, there's less triage and there's more uh, well-thought-out plans. And, and the staff is uh, very bright, younger than what I'm used to dealing with, but very bright. <laughs> and uh, there is a good future in law enforcement with the staff that we have. And the vote is Tuesday in Fitchburg? Yes, it is. Uh, there will be a vote in the Common Council to uh, discuss uh, the schematic design and uh, the budget for it, hmm. and you have eight uh, eight aldermen on your uh, on your city council. We're gonna we're gonna hope for an eight zero vote, which is what it should be. But we know that the world is the world that we're living in, and you know that might not happen. But if if promise me this as an old reporter that uh, if media are gonna ever do stories about response times, if they're gonna if they're going to do stories criticizing the police department, uh, it it this harken back to this day, people, when you voted on your on your police department. I'll just piggyback off of that, Annie. Uh, look at any lawsuit that happens within law enforcement, consent decrees. I don't care how big or how small. Look at what occurred in Ovalde. Um, when the after-action reports come out, one major component out of the after-actions is training. And we have a young department. We have young officers in our state and country. We really have to focus on that training piece. Well said, Chief Morales, Al Morales from the city of Fitchburg. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. And thank you, Chief. Uh, Good luck on Tuesday. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Chief Al Morales joining us on the Public Safety Hour. Andy Schwartz and I will wrap up the hour after this. Thanks to Chief Al Morales from the city of Fitchburg. Police Department coming on. It was fun to talk to him. I I saw him at an event recently. It was a nice visit with him. I appreciated the, the that he came on with us and had a conversation. And you know, whether it's Milwaukee or Fitchburg, the police chiefs are police chiefs, and they they have their own set of problems, as my as my father used to say. Same dog, different fleas. So we were talking earlier about the New York deciding maybe they're going to change their dress code to toughen it up, old school. I get. And we were talking about we didn't we wasn't we weren't sure about firefighters. So mm-hmm. a bunch of apparently firefighters weighed in. I got to read this one. That's correct. Firefighters can only have mustaches, which is why we look good in calendars. <laughs> <laughs> Great response. There I like that from a from a texter. Um, it's a sad date today, and I want I don't want to get out of here uh, in talking with you without remembering this date. 
It is. It is a it's a sad day in the for not just the Milwaukee Police Department, but for the city of Milwaukee and all those of us who are part of the law enforcement family and who love the the law enforcement family. Today is one year since Milwaukee police officer Peter Jerving was shot and killed. Uh, He was 37 years old, Mm -hmm. uh, shot and killed in the line of duty on February 7th during a struggle with an armed robbery suspect. And what a lot of people may not know is that though he was wounded, Police officer Jerving was able to return fire and kill the suspect. And when we say hero, we're talking about police officers like Peter Jerving. So we're sending out so much uh, uh, love to our our blue family, as we call ourselves, um, to Patty Jerving, uh, Peter's mother, who uh, I know is, listens to to the show, and and people like Mary Kay Balchunas, who lost her son Jay in the line of duty. Uh, more than uh, I think uh, was twenty, at least twenty years ago, I believe. I think um, who now those two women are bonded by something that they would have never wanted to be bonded by. So we're thinking about the Milwaukee Police Department today. Yesterday was uh, the anniversary, if we can call it that, uh, of the death of police officer Matt Rittner, mm-hmm. uh, my old police aide, my former police aide. And uh, and so we when we post something on social media, uh, when the Milwaukee Police Association posts on social media, we shall never forget. That's not just a hashtag. We that's why we remember every year, every anniversary date, no matter how long ago, even back to the 1800s to the 1860s, we'll get out there and we will remember uh, those who gave their the ultimate sacrifice for this community. Well said, and I go back to something the chief said. One of the things, the issues, it's not just a building; it's about training. And when you have young officers, mm-hmm. young departments, that training can help them in situations like Officer Jerving had to deal with, and he ultimately took out that that armed suspect. He was a training officer that night, I yeah. believe. I think he was training a, a younger officer. So it's not it, it's it's a bigger story. Uh, than a new police station. It is how much do we care about our law enforcement, right? And we, we care deeply about our, our law enforcement, at least here in, in, in the studio and in the city. Brilliant hour, Annie Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert, subject matter expert, and I always appreciate your wisdom and, and the fact that you come in and share that with us. I'm, I'm grateful that we devote an hour to talking about public safety issues. Uh, and I, we would love to hear from anybody who's got an idea for a topic, too. You know, Absolutely. if they think there's something, hey, why don't they talk about this? Don't stop me in, you know, in the Sendex and say, hey, why don't you guys talk about this? Send uh, send Stephen out there and say, listen, let's let's talk about this one. Never more important than right now. Annie, I'll see you next week. The news is next on WTMJ.